This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. Yo, welcome back to the show. It is Q&A time. Let's go ahead and just dive right in. All right, so first question of the day. This is from a newer coach. Um, I have my first nutrition client or a newer nutrition coach, I should guess, someone I've been I've worked with for quite a while. Um, I have my first nutrition client, male, 45 years old, has a desk job, says he's walking his dog three miles a day, gym twice a week, uses the Anytime Fitness app, so short, mediocre workouts, <laughs> um, golfs, weight goes up and down, currently weighs 224, goal is 200, six foot tall, current body fat 26.9%. Carries it in his midsection. His body structure is between mesomorph and O-type. I've calculated his calories at 1915. What would you suggest as the diet break calorie intake? I use the O-1 equation to figure his calories. Da, 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 and then according to O-body type, set his macros at 25% carbs, 35% protein, 40% fat. I could be completely wrong here. It's my first time. I'm going to go in textbook. Any help will be awesome. All right, so first and foremost, um, a lot of new coaches stress over this uh, quite a bit as far as like, okay, what does my initial macro prescription need to be? I want it to be perfect. I want to make sure all their macros, their protein, carbs, and fat are exactly where they need to be. But the reality is, I am guessing that this dude is new to tracking macros in general. And honestly, in situations like this, I won't even prescribe the client a protein, carbon, fat goal. Because the reality is for most people, that just creates more stress and they fall off the wagon. And we were going back and forth. She was also talking about how like she has another meeting with somebody on Monday. And this lady diets had never worked for her. So she was nervous to meet with this lady because diets never worked for her. And I said, honestly, for most people, diets quote unquote don't work because they're either not sustainable or they're too complicated. Like the reality is the science of this is very simple. The more studies, the more science we see, the more and more we're realizing that nutrition is pretty simple. We control calories, we control protein. We want to optimize the last like five to 10%. We focus on a ratio of carbs to fat as well. But really for most people, if protein and overall calories on point, we can get lean. Like it's truly not that complex. It comes down to finding a method, meeting the client where they're at, which is the biggest thing I focus on with an online coaching and helping you find the method that you can actually sustain long-term. So like in a situation like this, again, a 45-year-old dude, he's always struggled to lose weight. I would guess that tracking is new to him. So if you give him, most people in this situation want lifestyle flexibility. So if we give him protein, carbs, and fat goals right out of the gate, the reality is that's probably gonna be pretty overwhelming. Whereas if we just give him a protein goal and a calorie goal, he's gonna be a lot more likely to stick to that. That'll be less overwhelming. And honestly, if it seems like a lot, we could literally just give him a calorie goal. And then you look through his food diary, you focus on adding more and more protein. And honestly, like with this dude, before we progress to um, full macro goals, what I would say is he's likely under eating protein a decent amount. This is again, very common with newer clients that don't have a ton of nutritional knowledge. So in this situation, likely where you'll start, I can't speak, is just bumping up his protein before we make any calorie adjustments. 
is just focusing on bumping up his protein. So give them the initial calorie goal, look at his protein. So in a situation like this, what I do is I have, I'll have you as a client track for at least three days before I give you any nutrition prescription at all. So we can make sure that your macros are truly, or in this case, your calorie goals are truly individualized to you. Because similarly with this dude, if he's currently eating 60 grams of protein a day and you assign him, okay, body weight times one, we're going to eat 225 grams of protein a day or 224 to be precise, which would be a very weird number to give him. But if we do that, it's going to be like, damn, I have to add another 144 grams of protein per day. That shouldn't have been that hard for me to figure out math wise, but I'm going to add another 144 protein of grams of protein per day, I have no idea how I'm going to do that. And again, this would probably be overwhelming. And like truly for most people, I think this is the thing that makes people fall off track. It's like, fuck, this is just such a drastic change for me that I can't adhere to it. Now, again, you very much have to see, like meet him where he's at, figure out where his mindset is at with all this, because maybe he's more experienced with it. Maybe he has eaten a lot of protein. But what I would recommend is looking at where his protein is right now on average. So maybe it's 60 grams. Okay, we're going to start you at 85 grams per day. And then honestly, for the next couple weeks to next couple months, you realistically just be bumping up protein more and more and more. And that will automatically displace some other calories. We call this dietary displacement. So the more basically you'll look through all his meals, establish which one is typically the lowest on protein. So for most people, it's going to be breakfast. So, okay, let's work through a couple different options that you could add in for protein for breakfast. Here's some things that I would suggest, what do you think we could plug in here as well? And then like get very clear action steps. Okay, this is this week. What am I working in? What specific days, what specific foods? And that's a side note that's super important. Making sure that clients are leaving with, okay, this is exactly what, when, and why I'm going to implement. Because a lot of coaches also will make the mistake of like, okay, here's a list of good protein sources for breakfast. Take this. Good luck. And clients don't implement it. Very much like you as a coach. Anytime you give someone an action step, be sure to end with what, when, and why. That's when people follow through. So what are you going to be implementing it? When are you going to be implementing it? Here's why we're implementing this, how this moves you towards your goal. And then hold them accountable to that. But anyways, okay, so we work through breakfast. Okay, now breakfast is at whatever it might be. It needs to be for him, 30 to 40 grams per meal. Okay, now let's address lunch. Now let's address dinner. Now let's address a snack. Now, by the time you've moved through that process and you have them consistently hitting this protein goal and this calorie goal, the reality is all this protein he's taking in, which is a very satiating food, especially because you're likely going to be focusing on feeding him a lot of lean protein sources. This is going to have pushed out a lot of other less filling, more calorically dense foods. So the reality is he'll likely have already lost a decent amount of weight just by dietary displacement. And some newer clients, now again, I generally attract more intermediate to advanced clients, so I don't have this situation as much as I used to. But when I do bring on a newer client, this is one of the biggest things we focus on. Are you hitting your protein goal? Okay, now are we eating a fruit or veggie at most every meal? If we just focus on those two things and like working through that process, it pushes out so many other more calorically dense foods without the client really feeling like we're quote unquote taking anything away from them, that people will lose a lot of weight. And we again kind of put their appetite on auto-regulate. They're eating all these filling low-calorie foods. So it's literally hard for people to overeat. And this is the crux of so much of what I talk about. If your clients are just, because again, like anybody can hop on a super low calorie meal plan and stick to it for 12 weeks. Anybody can grind that out. But if people are permanently hungry because they're not making smart food choices that are filling, 
they're going to eventually start overeating and they'll gain the weight back. So this is a crucial thing to teach anyone. But in this case, um, that's what I focus on first and foremost. And then for him, his calories are at 1915. So typically I would consider anything below now realize too, like calorie goals, there's so much shit thrown out there. Like everybody's maintenance should be X, right? Everybody should be able to maintain at like body weight times 20 or like stupid high numbers are thrown out there. When the reality is it very much depends on the client. Some people are more active. Some people are less active. Some people have more muscle tissue. Some people have a lot less muscle tissue. It very much depends. Your maintenance calories are so individual, which is again is why I like to take you as a client through nutrition assessment first. I would say in this situation, knowing very little about this person as someone that's 224 pounds, 1915 calories is pretty damn aggressive. Again, typically anything below body weight times 10, I would consider pretty aggressive. Now, again, we need to take this dude's um, personality into account. And this is something that I like to make very clear on the initial coaching call and also in the questionnaire. Like, what is your personality like? How fast do you feel like you need to make progress? Like if he's all in on, I don't care about this flexible lifestyle. I just want to lose this weight as quickly as possible. And then afterwards, I want to focus on, okay, how do I maintain that? Whereas if I just lose like a pound a week, I'm going to get burnt out on it. That process hasn't worked for me before. Um, then, okay, we know we probably need to be a little bit more aggressive. Now, I would always, no matter what, we're focusing on teaching clients these behaviors to make it sustainable. So I wouldn't all just like give him a meal plan or anything like that. But we know, okay, we can be a little bit more aggressive to him, like going out for drinks, um, working in, going out to eat three to four times a week. That's not important, right? But on the flip side, if his thing is, the thing that's thrown me off the eyes in the past is I feel too restricted. I can't go out to eat. I don't have any flexibility with my lifestyle. Then we know, okay, if we're starting him out right off the gate, right out of the gate, at these super low calories, he's probably not going to be able to stick to this very long as soon as any event comes up where it throws his lifestyle off. So very much take in like in this case, I would say 1915 is probably too low. Now, also, we have to consider and there I would probably start him closer to like. 2,800 calories. Now we also have, to, and honestly, I would say in most cases, like no matter what, I would probably start him at like the very, and again, I even know very little about this. So this is just a general recommendation, but the lowest I would start a client like this is if I knew he needed to make, or he wanted to make super fast progress as the most motivating thing for him. And he didn't have a lot of like these lifestyle distractions, so to speak. The lowest I would start is for sure like body weight times 10. That's also after we would have gone through a couple of weeks of a primer phase to make sure he's in a good place for this. Now, that said, we also have to take into account, okay, how accurate is this person going to be tracking? And honestly, like when we see all these like, yo, my client used to like all these reverse dieting miracles where it's like my client used to eat only 1200 calories a day. And now they're eating 2,200 and they're losing all this fat in the process. The reality is that's people that have learned to track a lot more accurately than they were before. Um, they're eating more protein and they're following a smart training program. And that's a whole different tangent. But <clears throat> point here is most people that are brand new to tracking aren't tracking as accurately. Now, it is on us as coaches to constantly be educating, okay, here's how we track more accurately. And this is another reason why people that are new to tracking, I'll have them shoot me over their food diary literally every night for the first couple weeks. And I'll make a video, a screen recording video of me literally working through your food diary every day, talking you through, okay, like here's some suggestions I would tweak 
to help you get more satiation out of this meal. Um, here's what I would do. Like, here's where I see we could potentially be mismeasuring. Um, was there any barbecue sauce on these ribs? Was there dressing on the salad? You get the idea. So a lot of times as we get clients to track more accurately, or initially I should say, we can set calories a little bit more aggressively just because we know more often than not clients aren't tracking as accurately. Now, ideally, we'll focus more and more. We'll push clients more and more to get tracking accurately because, again, if your clients are never tracking accurately, it's very hard to give them accurate adjustments. But like in a situation like this, that's just something I would double down on, like making sure that you're teaching him these are the key pieces to track accurately. And that's something that I sent out in the nutrition guide that I give my new clients. And as well as like, again, the first couple of weeks, a major piece of that education is just, here's how we track all this accurately. Um, and then finally, I wouldn't ever focus on like the macro percentages too much. I typically like how I like to look at this is we know for most people, we want around 0.8 to 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight for many people like one to 1.2 grams or i should say past one gram per pound of body weight is going to be overkill if it's a super lean individual we're cutting getting them leaner that can help and there's definitely no harm in it there are high thermic effect the high thermic effect of protein loss of satiation just for many people most like lifestyle focused people will also want to work in more carbs and fat so that said it's a good rule of thumb to push most people to be around that 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per pound of body weight mark. We want at least 0.3 to typically for women, we want closer to 0.4 grams per pound of body weight of fat. And past that point, we can really fill carbs and fat to preference. Or again, if it's someone that you are giving the macros to. So like, again, I give a lot of my clients macros because I attract more intermediate to advanced individuals that do want to get dialed in on all these finer details so in situations like that okay we can like here's your carbs here we're going lower fat higher carb higher protein because we're chasing this body recomposition effect for example but for most people again i wouldn't focus on so much like okay i'm gonna follow this 40 percent fat 35 percent protein 25 percent carb diet as much as these rules like where we want you in relation to your body weight um and as far as that question goes i think that's all i have on that all right, next question. Rapid fat loss versus slow and steady. Can you explain which is better? So this again very much ties into um, the last question I answered actually. Very much it depends on the client. So again, I like to literally ask people, like how, how quickly do you feel like you need to see progress? And what are the trade-offs that you're willing to make for that? So for example, again, some people want more of a lifestyle focus. Yo, the thing that's throwing me off in the past is I don't know how to make all these social events work with my diet. So I can never stick to it. But other times we'll have somebody come in. Yeah, I want to lose. I need to lose 80 pounds. I want to get this off me as quickly as possible. I'm willing to make a lot of sacrifices to make that happen. Okay, we're going to push for faster fat loss. There's this old thinking that we always need to go slow and steady, which really, really isn't the case and we talk about in my interview with brandon roberts which is coming out monday after the day you're hearing this which is friday um we talk about this as well and the more the more i coach people the more i lean to being more aggressive actually getting diet phases done sooner rather than later so people can spend more time eating more practicing maintenance and again we want to take the client's um personality into consideration 
But there's this old thing that if we don't go super slow, people won't maintain this. People won't will damage their metabolisms and they won't be able to maintain their results. When the reality is many studies have shown better long-term weight loss maintenance success with rapid fat loss rather than slow when steady, because many people are just demotivated by this slow fat loss. And again, we know we're not going to damage anyone's metabolism. For the most part, this amount of metabolic adaptation that happens is more relative to the overall amount your body changes rather than the timeline. So it's like ripping off a band-aid. We can do it very slowly or we can do it very quickly. Um, now some people like a slow band-aid rip. That's a terrible analogy suddenly, <laughs> but it just works better for some people. Um, again, like if they need this lifestyle trade-off. So it very much depends on the client, but there isn't a like this is superior to this. That said, again, I'm erring more on the side of being more aggressive with my clients. The more other coaches I talk to, people that are deep into the research, again, like I'm stoked for everyone to hear the Brandon Roberts episode, one of my favorite interviews that I've done so far. So many other coaches that I really look up to, again, are like everyone's kind of leaning in this direction. It just makes more sense generally to, I think, get this done sooner rather than later. And then push clients to a longer maintenance phase after that, where we're also eating more, we can focus on building muscle, etc. But again, it very much depends. All right, and final question of the day. Can you recommend some good educational resources for beginner coaches? Training, nutrition, psychology, etc. All right, so for this question, I composed a book list. Um and actually, there's a couple. So as far as like educational resources go, so I would say as far as certs, a couple that I've taken or am taking, like right now I'm in the middle of Mac Nutrition, by far the best nutrition certification I have ever taken, um, like miles and miles beyond. But that said, it's a year-long course. It goes so deep into everything. So if you want to know absolutely everything about nutrition, and the reality is like, even if you're a new coach, great resource, but it is a lot. So, um, that said, like, as far as nutrition goes, nutrition certs, that's definitely up there for me. Um, honestly, the most, most of the personal training certifications are pretty weak. It's like what you need to do to get there or to like, okay, this is like the box I have to tick to be able to coach people, but they honestly teach you very little about programming, nutrition, or coaching. It's basically how to not kill someone um, on the gym floor. But <laughs> past that point, um, yeah, Mac Nutrition is good. Precision Nutrition is good. Um, NCI is good as far as, again, nutrition certs go. Um, NCI has quite a bit about application. Um, precision Nutrition is interesting. It's a lot more like behavior focused instead of like, here's the X's and O's of this. I like precision nutrition has a lot of good stuff on habit change. And honestly, I think like as a coach, you should always be learning. So these are all good resources you can absorb. But honestly, what I would say the absolute best thing you can do to like further your education as a coach is find someone you look up to tremendously, like whoever that might be, uh, the number one coach you love following on Instagram because you just love all their content. Hire them to coach you. Have them take you that coaching process. Absorb as much as possible from them. They're training. Ask them a lot of questions like, why are we doing this with my training? Um, just like notice how they coach you. How do they speak to you? What is their language like? Absorb all of that. And more than anything else, like any course or book you can read, 
for me personally, that's been the most valuable thing. Just like literally looking to anyone in the industry, I look up to a tremendous amount, but I want to be able to coach like who I admire and paying them to coach me, seeing what their process is like, and honestly seeing what their systems are like. How do they program? How can I implement this into my program and my coaching systems to make these better? Truly, that's been the most helpful thing for me. I think that's the absolute best investment you can make. I know like when I hired my first coach, my coaching service almost immediately just leveled up by miles. It's crazy how much of a difference it can make truly to see someone that's an expert that's been doing this for years, see how they deliver the process to you and what amazing coaching looks like. Um, from there, I'm actually, again, I compiled a list of a couple different books. So as far as the psychology of coaching goes, Atomic Habits, just in general, one of my top three books of all time. Love that book so much. Um, coaching per, for, for performance. So you hear a lot of people talk about motivational interviewing, which is also a book on this list. That said, I feel like coaching per, for performance for me, I liked it better than motivational interviewing. Um, the actual application just made more sense to me. And, and that's coaching for performance by John Whitmore. I think if you look on Amazon, there's like six versions now. Super, super good. The Coaching Habit by Michael Stanier is another very good one. Conscious Coaching by Brett Bartholomew. Um, Crucial Conversations, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Motivational Interviewing in Nutrition and Fitness. And The Willpower Instinct by Kelly McGonigal. So most of the books that I've absorbed about like the psychology of coaching, very much for a long time was very... And this is still a huge part of my coaching. Basically, when I realized that my clients weren't getting results after they were leaving or they were only getting results when they were motivated, I very much dived into this role or into this rabbit hole of, okay, so when people lose motivation, they fall back to the path of least resistance. So what can I do in the path of least resistance is essentially your habits. These things that you have on autopilot, you don't really think about. What can I do to help my clients change their habits instead of like just expecting them to always be motivated? Because if I expect that, they're never going to get lasting results. True, that's been one of the most helpful thought processes for me as a coach. So I've dived very deeply into habits and how do we take willpower out of the equation? How do we help people be successful when there is no willpower existent? And that's very much what almost all these books are geared towards, as well as a couple about like just the psychology, the actual phrasing, how you're speaking to people when you're coaching and the power that that has. As far as nutrition goes, um, Deep Nutrition, very interesting book, Fat Loss Forever by Lane Norton, Um, The Muscle and Strength Pyramids Nutrition Edition, great book, Slim by Design, another very, very similar to um, what I was just talking about as far as the coaching psychology and how do we make this more a habit than something that you are consci- consciously always using effort to achieve. Wired to Eat by Rob Wolf, another great book. Um, the Women's Book by Lyle McDonald. It's pretty dense, but if you're someone that coaches women, very valuable. Bodybuilding by Cliff Wilson, and I believe Peter Fishin is the other one. Um, of course, again, this is more geared towards advanced individuals. But if you're a coach like me that works with more intermediate to advanced individuals, very applicable. And then finally, we have training. So here I have the Black Book of Training Secrets by Christian Thibodeau. 
how much should I train by Renaissance Periodization takes you through the volume landmarks and whatnot. And really, like you could just hop on Renaissance Periodization's website and read their blogs. They have the hypertrophy guides for every single muscle group. You could literally just follow Mike Isertel on Instagram or listen to like the podcast that he's on. I know he's on Revive Stronger all the time. S- such a wealth of knowledge as far as training goes. R- RP, Renaissance Periodization, is truly one of my favorite resources for anything um, as far as training goes. We have the Maximum Muscle Bible by Christian Thibodeau and Paul Carter. Super fun one. Not sup- not like crazy deep into the science of tr- training and programming, but like more application. Okay, here's all these different dope things we can do with our clients to keep them engaged and having fun while also progressing. Again, we have to throw the muscle and strength pyramids out there. The training edition this time around, crazy, crazy valuable. And really, if you're relatively new to this, that is by far the first book I would recommend, both for nutrition and training. I would start with the muscle and strength pyramids. And then finally, we have Practical Programming by Mark Ripito, and I don't remember who the other author was, but pretty solid introduction to periodization. And as far as our questions go, that is all I have today. So if you enjoyed this podcast, if you took value from this, do me a massive favor, take a screenshot of your phone right now and share this to your Instagram story and tag me as well so I can connect with you. And thank you for listening. Together, we're really growing the reach of the show by you doing this. All right, and that is all I have for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in.